Hello and welcome to series three of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women from diverse backgrounds and perspectives in science and technology. Our conversation gives us insights into some fascinating innovations, but we also get to relate because here on Innovation, I give women a platform to be seen and heard because this exact conversation is also in video format on YouTube called Esteemed People. And honestly, every single episode is inspiring and uplifting because we hear about what these women have learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to former zoologist Laura Giddings about the STEM project. My name is Laura Giddings and I am the CEO of the STEM project. Laura, what is the STEM project? The STEM project, um, it started out originally uh, as a way for me to become a freelancer in STEM and education. Um, I had worked uh, for a very big business prior to that and unfortunately like so many other people uh, after COVID I was made redundant. Um, I thought if I create something that I can control um, I can have ownership over what I do next and because I have always had this want to inspire the current and next generation um, it started off more as a side hustle um so when i was made redundant i then created this 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 agency or this this limited business then and then worked a couple of small contract jobs um and then did fall into a full-time job before christmas because the cost of living did increase but then in june this year uh, nearly a year to the day of me creating the stem project i then became full-time doing this why are you so interested in STEM? Oh, it's, a, it's an easy but hard question, that one. Um, I'm interested in it because it's everywhere. It's all around us. Um, I can sit in a restaurant and I can look at the material that's in a in the sofa or a chair or the wood that's there. You look at the food and you think about how long does it take to perfect that recipe um even right down to the, to the drinks on the table and I found out two years ago how straws were made in a, in a very big high street brand um my, my nephews love it because I'm always getting them to ask questions um steam and stem has always been an, an interest for mine myself growing up uh, my parents were hugely hugely supportive of that uh, when a lot of young people my age were were playing out on the streets as we, we did back then I would be indoors reading books and watching docuseries and wanting to be David Attenborough one day um and yeah every kind of thought that I had or any interest I had my parents just helped challenge me my the hardest one they ever got me to do though got me to do was um in regards to wanting a mobile phone so again, growing up, uh, we didn't need the need phones, but obviously they became more of a necessity for us. Um, and I begged and begged for, for my mobile phone when I was about 12, 13. Um, and both my parents worked in telecoms then. Uh, so you can see where this is going. Um, so, yeah, my dad was doing an open university course. And he told me if I want a mobile phone, I need to understand how it works. Go and read 
those telecoms books could come back and tell me. So these telecoms books are obviously designed for those um, 20, 30, 40, looking at almost post-grad um, content. And there's me flipping through an Open University book next to my Cocoa Pops, um, just so I can understand how telecommunication works. Um, and I did. I went back, told them how it worked, and they corrected some of the things that I misinterpreted, but I got my mobile phone. Um, so yeah, I, I do credit my parents a lot because they did challenge me where it was was relevant, but also took me to places um, that I love visiting, uh, the Natural History Museum, Science Museum, um, even when there were new events and new exhibitions coming in that I would find on, online or in magazines, I would always ask to, to be taken there for, for the day um, and do stuff like that, really. So yeah, I was a bit of a weird, unique child in that respect you definitely have a scientific approach um yes. you know you've got that curiosity you've got that wonder inquisitiveness um and the ability to go and find answers out for yourself which is like yes. the perfect skills <laughs> for stem um did you study stem at uni uh, i did i um i went to university but i went and did this degree um after I had to do a 180 in my career um, pathway. Uh, so I, I went to Bangor University uh, in North Wales and I studied for a zoology and animal ecology degree. Um, it's, it is STEM in that it obviously it's incorporating conservation as well as biology and geography. Um, but it was weird because it wasn't predominantly seen as a strong um, science when I was there as much as David Attenborough was a big thing people were looking more at the David Attenborough series through the eye of the camera on how amazing is the camera but not actually looking at how amazing is the fact that we're seeing this animal was supposed to have been extinct 50 60 years ago in front of us and what is the absolute top goal of the STEM project <laughs> the, the top goal of the STEM project is to kind of smash that glass ceiling uh, everyone has got a different glass ceiling um, and for so many it could be something as simple as jumping on a call and talking to um, a very big organization for others it could be writing or supporting their dream project um, and for some of these applications I've read one of them said she wants to be a prime minister so I think you know that the aim of the STEM project is to enable opportunity for those who seek it um, and to make the difference so whether they're working with us um, as we're, we're content creators or consultants or strategy experts or we're working with people who are, are, are supporting those projects or we're doing more for our community um, we, we open up every opportunity that we can and, and go right down into the what can we do to help you get where you want to be so how do you find out what help you need to offer uh, everyone's different um I think that's uh, again this is a, uh, a skill and a trait I picked up quite early on and again go back to my university days um before I went to uni I never had a very big social network um I was very much of an introvert as a young person uh, I went to university and I just I, I picked a university that no one knew who I was 
um, I, I planned it all off the back, off my own back, and I just went and I said, I am going to be someone that I've wanted to be. And I became a bit of a linchpin for, for different communities at university. And so I spoke to quite a lot of sports guys, spoke to a lot of the cheerleaders, spoke to a lot of the academics, the researchers, the swimmers, the DJs. Like I just became a very extrovert person, but I did it in a natural way. So it's something that I developed a skill in and it's something that I'm trying to help other young people, women, youth directors, discover that within themselves but also working with people who've worked in industry for such a long time to just uh, look at alternative ways that we work with each other. Uh, I think so many of our industries for education, industry and government have been so siloed for so long um, that we keep saying that there's a gap in schools. Uh, actually, I think there's chasms amongst our industries and we need to bring them close together before we start talking about closing that gap. So it's how we get ourselves to talk to each other um, and uh, actually make an impact and make a difference uh, and not have the same conversation in another 20 years time and then another 20 years time about skills and about roles and about sectors that just don't seem to be getting any better. Yeah, it's really um, fascinating what you're trying to do because... Um, I'm just trying to cast my mind back to when I was um, sort of studying and making that transition from academia to industry mm. um, and, and trying to identify back then what my glass ceilings were. Mm. There were so many glass ceilings. I don't even know where to start. But I guess the main one was the fact that I just didn't see anyone like me doing mm. what I'm doing and mm. so I constantly felt like an imposter mm. I constantly felt like maybe I shouldn't be there because I I was you know like a fish out of water um oh yeah I have, have the STEM <laughs> project help with those kinds of feelings yeah absolutely um helped hindered caused I think um yeah I, I went into creating the STEM project to, to to help myself um and then I started when I was working on my master's in STEM and education I met some amazing educators told them what I was doing and they were like can we come and do it with you sure um so the whole kind of business model just evolved and, and adapted and in some ways I was I was kind of taken back I felt like an imposter going I can't be your leader and that's not what I'm trying to do um and what they what my peers and what my friends and what my colleagues have said to me is yet yeah, you know you you don't evoke a um micromanager leader style you're someone who's actually open engaging and is willing to to enter into discussion and to debate and and that's what I love um yeah there are some weeks where I am crippled with an imposter syndrome there's no such thing as no one having it and as much as we say that we fight it and we battle it every day is different every day is different um some days are amazing other days I I I, I come out of a sick meeting back to back and go oh, I shouldn't be doing this 
I don't know why I'm doing this. But then it, it all comes down to what happens next. And generally it's a message or a call or an email or something comes in that flips that switch that goes, you, you've done this and this is why. Um, I've had so many organisations that at one point when I was still looking for full-time roles um, between transitioning into becoming a freelancer, um, a lot of organisations asked me to switch it off. Would, you, would I turn off the STEM project to come work for them? Because, you know, there could be a conflict of interest. And I just stood my ground and said, no, like, why, why would I do that? Like, it's, it's a conflict of interest to you. To me, I see it as a compliment. Um, and, and it kind of just instilled in me that there's other people around me that so many people want me to fail. And, and so many more people want me to succeed. Um, and I, I keep myself grounded knowing that every day is a school day. I, I'm not the master of everything. And I think the, the more I surround myself with uh, honest, humble people, uh, the more I will um, reflect those more good traits and continue to, to succeed in what we're doing. Wow. I mean, with all that feedback that you get from all of these incredible initiatives, mm. um, why aren't more young people going into STEM? Um, I think I think it comes down to what you were saying earlier, Shinny. It's about, you know, if you can't see someone doing that role, then why would you why would you think it's for you anyway? Um, it's that the whole you need to see it to be it. I completely believe and I understand. But also something I am passionate about is we're asking the wrong question is why and why are people not going young people going into STEM? I think we should be asking what is it they want to do. And then when we ask what they want to do, we can then actually go, well, did you know that is STEM related or it's STEAM related? Or did you know? And all of a sudden it's the oh I see that now. Um and we instead of if we stop asking all the one to be and ask what they want to do will actually open up more of a, an understanding of what that is a steam related project it is a steam related sector there's it's everywhere it's it's in everything we do it, it's on the phones calls we made the, the emails we send today and the projects we're writing for the future it's getting in the car it's going to the shop everything's got steam in it um but getting a young person to realise that when all they've ever heard are like five key roles, mm-hmm. it's really, really limiting. So we have to remove that limitation and get them to think about what is it you want to do? Do you want to work with people? Okay, how? Well, I might want to work in a hospital or I might want to go and be a volunteer. I might want to, okay, do you want to do medicine? Do you want to do physio? Oh, I might want to do medicine, actually. And all of a sudden you're, you're kind of going through a, a choice with them mm-hmm. as opposed to pushing them to make a decision about what it is they see today um so i think that it, it is happening it is the tide is changing the tide is turning um something i saw last week uh, for world steam day um on the, the 8th of november was uh, a article came out i think it was on bbc news and i think you might have seen it as well in that a young I think a young girl was in her classroom and they asked them to draw a scientist. So the stereotypical view of a scientist has always been um, a white male uh, in a coat with long grey hair. Um, this young girl actually drew a young female 
um, of Mixed Orient, uh, who was able to wear glasses and then actually had a walkie stick. So you get the idea that they were actually able to see that different people can be these roles. And it, that, to me, is a signifier that the, the tide is turning and that more young people are going into STEAM and STEM. Um, but because we're kind of removing the, the labels of what it is now in, in some of their learnings, they're exploring and finding it out in, in a more natural way, um, as opposed to being pushed down that route, in, which sometimes is, is quite hard to, to swallow. Yeah, I mean, I must say I'm getting um, more and more concerned with two things, which is a combined problem. One, um, technology is racing so far ahead in terms of like even social media. Um, I mean, so many young people consume information via social media and the way they consume is very different to the way we consumed when we were younger um in the sense that it's like it's just packaged differently so on the one hand young people have an advanced knowledge of technology but they actually have less knowledge of technology because what they're consuming in terms of media is um has less substance in a way i completely agree i think it's 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 that old analogy, isn't it, of the iceberg, is you only see so much of it, but actually you're missing so much below. Um, and I think it's hard because you want so many, you want people to use the channels that are available to them. Like, like I go back to, to myself earlier when I was younger and I wanted to research something. I, I knew where I had to go for it. And I think, unfortunately, uh, we're, in a, we're in an age where technology is amazing what it does. But it's also then developed this huge white noise in that so many young people become, and again, this is just my opinion, um, so many young people become maybe um, confused about what it is they can use that platform for. So Google, like we use Google every day. Everyone uses Google every day. Um, but not many people would know. If you want to know more about a specific topic, you go on Google Scholar. You know, the, the, the difference in search results is phenomenal. You know, if you're going to go on to, to social media, as you mentioned, um, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, uh, the, the new one, which is supposed to be replacing one, which many people are trying to leave in their droves. Um, it's, it's another platform, but it's what are the aims of those platforms? Are we there to just open up communication? Are we there to educate? Um, it is kind of trying to understand the purpose of social media, but also getting young people to understand what they should be using technology and the internet for. Um, growing up, we were told, obviously, you know, the internet had so many sources and, and, and opportunities for you. But even now, I still go back to the same 10 websites I've used for the last 10 years, because to me, that's my source of knowledge. Um, and for some young people, unfortunately, they're bombarded with so much technology in the classroom at home, in school, on the buses, on the trains, on the tubes. It's hard to kind of digest, well, where do I need to go to find out about um, support? Where do I need to go and find out about how I can book tickets? How do I, how do I find out the, the latest information? And it, it, it's, it's sometimes really hard to navigate 
Um, and obviously we're still trying to battle fake news. Uh, we're still trying to get young people to use social media um, for a better purpose. Um, I understand cyberbullying has increased again this year. So it's trying to like, how do we, how do we ensure safe, responsible use of technology? Um, and again, uh, many people say it comes down to the schools to do that. And, and I actually would argue it's not school's responsibility to, to, to educate a young person purely on social media. That is also comes down to family and social and peers who can help check in and, and be mindful of, of what we're doing, really. Yeah, I mean, listening to what you do at the STEM project really makes me um, think further on the topic of content, but also um, uniting industry, which is kind of very mature, with young people who need to hire young people mm-hmm. to maintain their industry. And so there does need to be a connection and that's where I see STEM project is like connecting these two dots that are actually floating about in very different spheres. Yeah we I mean there are organizations doing this already Um, STEM learning have been doing it for for the best part of nearly 20 years Um, and they have a fantastic model which does engage schools with businesses through their infused partnerships but also through the ambassador hubs um they were probably one of my true inspirations for, for creating the stem project in that i could see what impact they were having but also i could see what was missing um and working in industry for for several years in exhibitions and events and then moving into strategy with uh, working rs components i could see quite a few different sides of coin which wasn't a coin it became something bigger and it was it was interesting because it was there's so many views um that people have with regards to current generation next generation um and they're also mixed they're also varied um and this is why i think it comes back to what we were saying earlier is this gap isn't getting any smaller because everyone just keeps arguing about what's causing it and they're all blaming each other and they're not willing to kind of step up and say, well, we're going to do something about it. You've had some amazing organisations step forward through COVID. The IET did a phenomenal campaign around uh, digital poverty. Um, and they had a fantastic charter of some of the best, brightest technologists, futurists um, across all different organisations in technology that were willing and engineering, willing to kind of help take up the mantle with the government. And it fell on to deaf ears um because it was it wasn't deemed something that could be put into curriculum curriculum today is is a, is a very big topic um that we have conversations around every single day i i've talked to teachers every day who are teaching every day and one of the computer science teachers says to me you know i want to teach students about ai cybersecurity, but i can't because the topic itself is so minuscule in the curriculum I still have to make sure I cover all of this over here and the reason I have to cover that is because they have to pass an exam so the the innovation parts that we need are not deemed critical deemed critical by the curriculum deemed critical by the government who set the curriculum Um, and again the government 
doing what I can today, um, and I, I won't get pulled into politics talk, but there's so much focus has come on to education and come off, and it's got to the point now that it's it's weird there's a storm coming and I have felt it for a little while now and I feel like we're just getting into it is that um educators uh are at their last last wit's end they want change they want impact they want to be able to teach young people about industry they want to teach the key skills they want to teach young people about empathy about altruism about community uh, they want to teach young people about safety. They want to teach young people about finances for mortgages and um, loans and cards and everything that we as adults never got proper teaching for. It's available in content, but only if it's off um, curriculum. And again, curriculum is key because curriculum means that you're learning to pass an exam. The exams only ever cover the lifespan of a school. Um, and schools, unfortunately, have set this directive through the way that education is being built, systems. You're making me uh, remember that when I was a kid, I had a total disconnect between studying at school and learning and what that had anything to do with having yeah. a job. Yeah, you, you never really got told, why, why do you need to learn? Everyone asked, why do we need to learn this miss or sir? But they couldn't tell you um, because they didn't have time to majority of the time. And I do feel bad that um, we all have probably had this thought and attitude in school. But then when you're now on, on this level and you understand, you're like, wow, the pressure you're under, still under today, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I'm a member of several education-based groups, uh, Facebook groups, sorry. Um, just because I want to understand what's going on in industry. So there's one group on Facebook, um, which is predominantly there to support uh, educators leaving education. And it is utterly, utterly soul-destroying, reading the pressures that teachers put under, the pressures we were, the teachers being there 20, 30 years, but all of a sudden someone's come in trying to tick a box, said that what they're doing doesn't fit them and then teachers are being pushed out teachers teachers being put under pressure you know they've been teaching longer than this other person's come in and now all of a sudden their method of teaching isn't suitable but yet they have some of the most inspired students how is that possible um and yeah the whole what are we learning in school and why is it relevant today is it's exactly that and i think um again more is trying to be done however um, and a recent interviews I was doing, uh, I did a dissertation on careers in the curriculum. Um, one of the interviewees was a teacher who's working in middle school, and her words were, "It's an overinflated curriculum, and we can't put any more in because if we do put any more in, other bits are going to have to be missed or taken out. No one is willing to take them out because no one knows what it is we need yet." But we do know what we need because industry is telling us what we need. But the government aren't listening, which means they're not changing the curriculum. Do you see this vicious circle keeps going on and on and on? Um, and this is something that, again, have weekly, if not daily conversations about. Um, and I spoke to a very big tech company this year. Um, and we were talking about how computer science and artificial intelligence is being considered. And this goes back to the conversation I had with the computer science teacher. 
is they've got a phenomenal opportunity to go out and develop and do more content. Yet, the biggest struggle is how do we get into the curriculum? Because right now, it's not deemed to be um, priority. It's, it's, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. And it's that. Really, we really are going into an era where digital skills are almost more essential than maths. Absolutely. And, it's 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 so behind um you know listening to you and from my own experience of trying to promote stem like it's a really really complex problem Mm. so if i was to add a bunch of hashtags is the is the most succinct way i can think of to like summarize like what would your hashtags be would it be hashtags educators like who are you trying to reach um, i think there's there's probably about four three or four main hashtags that we we use and i've seen other organizations start to use them but also it kind of it says what you need to say without saying it um so we use hashtag business needs education and we use hashtag education needs business um because at the end of the day without either or we have no business or education or uh, industry. Or industry. Um, and other ones like STEAM, STEM, they're the, the, they're the normal generics, educator, education support, educator help, content, development support. Um, it's There are so many hashtags. But they're the two prime ones. Um, but when I, I kind of look at what is, is available out there for social media and an engagement, I think more about how do we get um, more of a debate and a discussion going. And there, again, there are so many, so there's hundreds of hashtags. I remember doing a workshop once with one of our social media managers and we just decided there's just too many. Um, but how do you take the key ones? And I said, you can't. You've kind of got to go into each subject and, and pull it out. You have to create a debate. This is what I was saying at the beginning is, you know, there is a gap. There is a gap in education. There's a gap in skills. We know that. And it's always going to be there, unfortunately, because, like you said, technology is moving at such a rate. It affects everything around us. It affects every role. But the the chasm between industry and education and government is the biggest it's been in, in what, three, four generations. But nothing's happening about it. Um, and, and that's why coming on to, back onto the skin of it all is why do we do what we do? Is because, you know, you can get across the chasm. You just got to find a way. And that's what we do. Like STEM project itself, we, people ask, what can you, what, what do you do? And our response is, what do you want? Because there's no one size fits all. Uh, everyone needs something different. And I think we've fallen into that copy and paste. Um, solution too easily Um, and some organisations don't need a ton of help but others do Um, and I think just knowing where industry needs to be so CSR corporate social responsibility was the big buzzword of the late 90s and early 2000s it's now of ESG environment sustainable growth development whichever their, their now plan or strategy is but it's the, well, what are you doing about it? You've got strategy and a plan. Great. Tick the box. Look fantastic. But what are you doing? 
like you link it to the goals great and what are you doing about that you know people talk about it all the time but you don't you very rarely actually see engagement and actual proper impact and and again this is something that we're actually going to look at rolling out over the next uh, years we're going to be doing our own research into um, impact engagement because that's something that we we're constantly asked how do you measure impact and engagement um and myself uh, and one of the other consultants in the stem project uh, charlotte Hans smith has been doing this for about 10 years she created her own steam outreach program uh, called flux um and we were talking about it and she said here's a phenomenal formula that i've been working on and so we're putting our heads together going how do we take this and actually apply it into the industry who are desperate for it because not only are they going to say I want to do this, but I need to know that it's going to make a difference. Well, stop calling it a pipeline of talent because that's very, very limiting. Call it a pool. You have a pool of talent. You've got a pool of talent today. Go and find out what else they want to do. Go and find out what the current generation wants to do and the next generation. There's there's multiple layers to it. Um, and and stuff like that is what we're, we're spinning out on. Um, never thought we would be, uh, which is exciting. But it means that we're moving in a direction that we've got all these ideas which will open up the world of research, engagement and impact, but also experiential um, opportunities and engagement and learning. So, so yeah, all ideas are on the table with us. And that's what I love about it. Um, I've just got to be reminded that we are still only a bit of a year and a half old. So moving moving at a pace which is a sustainable um and economic um and we as a business we ask that we are making money i I'm, i don't do it to make money i am working on the coal face I, I go into a school if not once twice a month doing stem ambassador volunteering or if i'm not working directly with a school or a business um and the month or the days i stop doing that i'm not doing it for the right reason but I love what I do. I spent my birthday in Swansea Science Festival with Charlotte, uh, which was amazing. I had a great day, a lovely day. And the reason I enjoyed it the most is because I, I was doing something I love. And because I'm still doing something that I love, it doesn't feel like a job. To me, this is just something I get to do every day because I'm that damn lucky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the biggest impact that you're having and 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 will continue to have is changing the language, mm. because I think you know STEM has a reputation of being a bit stuffy, a bit for the privileged. Um, it's not inclusive, um, or it's not kind of assumed to be inclusive or diverse um and even just changing subtle things like pipeline to pool is really just changing the rhetoric and and i think once the language has changed um young people will gravitate it towards it more absolutely and 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 this again it breaks down that what i was saying earlier about white noise <clears throat> excuse me so the the whole pipeline to pool is actually something I learned through my masters. It's actually off research conducted uh, by UCL, um, which is part of the Aspires program. Uh, so Louise Archer and her team spent 10, 15 years researching this. So they actually, again, we're taking learnings that are out there and applying it because it does work. We don't need to rewrite um, 
policy and practice because it is there. It's there to help inspire and help engage and educate us. Um, you just know where to need to know where to look, and that's why we we do what we do. We know where to look. We know how to bring it out and apply it. But like you say, changing the the language is the biggest issue. It's like change it from B. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You know, we're we're now of a generation, especially mine, um, where you don't you're not going to have one or two jobs that will be your entire lifetime. You know, this is my fifth job since I've left school, like proper job. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to keep doing this for a very very long time, but who knows where I'm going to be in a year, three years, five years from now. Um, and and that's what I like about it is that. I don't know what's going to happen in a year from now, but that's what excites me because if I keep doing what I'm doing today, tomorrow, next week, I'll know whatever I'm doing then I've done it because something got me there that I was enjoying. And I think, again, it comes around to those social pressures. Um, So many of us have social pressure. You've got to go to university. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Okay, but do you? have to go to university you don't have to go to university now to study medicine there are now other ways to access that as a career pathway you know I go back to what I said at the very beginning I got really bad careers advice um I spoke to someone recently I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid um spoke to someone recently who works at the Royal College of Veterinary and she said you know what if you were to apply today you would get in because you've got the learning skill and everything that we were looking for and I'm like 25 years late give something like that so it's a bit of a shame because you know I did have in my head if I didn't find something that I was loving by the time I was the age of 30 I was going to push myself to go back to vet school kind of glad I didn't now because I absolutely love doing this today Mm. well I love what you're doing today I think it's so essential um, to bridge that huge gap that does exist between industry and young people and academia Mm. and anything that really unites those three things, um, Mm. government as well, four things, um, is work that is really worthwhile. Um, And I love the fact that you acknowledge that STEM really is intertwined. Um, It's it's within to our everyday worlds. And... um, And this idea of ESG um, becoming, you know, the new CSR is is really why it is essential that young people have a STEM knowledge. It's not just about getting the best jobs and earning the most money and and being, you know, having really impressive CVs and things. It's about change and sustainability and our futures and, and, and living with integrity as human beings because you know generations didn't think about taking care of our planet so so yeah if there's one reason to go into stem it's just so that you can be part of building a better future absolutely and and it goes back to what i was just mentioning a minute ago about the these executive steam youth directors um, which is actually, I thought it was a unique project. It's not, it's actually something which is taking place in Scotland, uh, which is a youth leader programme. doesn't happen in England. Um, so I wasn't being original. However, apparently it's going to work. So um, I went out and said to everybody, like, I don't want CVs. I literally want to hear from the age of 14 to 17. You know, get in touch. I want 
you to apply I want you to tell me your ambition I want you to tell me your passion I don't care what your grades are I don't care if you're at home school I don't care where you're from I don't care what your social economic background is remove the labels and all I want to hear about is you I want to hear what you want to do where do you want to go what are your ambitions like you you've probably got someone telling you you should be doing something what is it you want to do so we had over 100 applications um, come in and every single young person when I said to them why is STEAM so important because it's only five questions they had to answer why is STEAM so important for business and education every single one of them said it's interlinked it's all the subjects it's it's not just science it's not just engineering everything connects together so the more access we have to that today in school and business means we'll be better in the future these are 14 to 17 year olds and I'm like so you know it so what's the issue on the other end the other end being going to industry going into business what is not happening to to keep that um I suppose, keep people coming into business. More young people want to go out, more people want to create better, bigger worlds for themselves. So many young people, are, like I say, want to be a prime minister. Someone's told me they want to redesign space travel. One of them, I had to Google their theory um, that they mentioned was really interesting to them. Um, connected fusion energy and um, the Hyperloop transport um, technology. And that's what they want to work on. Just 15 and I was like Google academics this one then um so yeah it was it was really interesting because I I could hear their voices and that was what's most inspiring my biggest problem I'm now going to find is that I can only pick 20 and I've got something like 70 or 80 who shortlisted um but then what I am looking at is as much as we've got projects coming in that we're working on and we're going to be developing more in-house I've actually been reaching out to some of the big partners I work with. I said, look, I've got some amazing young people I've got coming in. What projects have you got coming up that we can help with you on? So I've got some opportunities for in Scotland, for Institute of Physics. I've got some amazing opportunities coming up with some local STEAM fests. Um, I've got another organisation known as the Youth Group, which is headed up by a young man called Jack Parsons, who is a very inspiring young man who has done so much for young people and business um, over a very, very short period of time. Uh, we're going to be talking in the new year about how we can get these more, again, young people into business and get them round the table with the head of all of these big FTSE 150, 100 businesses who need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, I think that's what I recognised what was missing so quickly is we're all talking about but no one's actually talking to the people that we're talking to so bring them in and then make the change stop talking but make change well laura you really are sparking change and trailblazing and and all the rest of it like i think we could talk for hours on all the the impacts that you are making because i can see why you struggle to like find just one example you know um, <laughs> and it's been amazing to talk to you um thank you, thank you for what you're doing because it's kind of like it, it's it's kind of a bit like um i don't know creating creating fusion like just out of this chasm as you've called it you're doing something so 
essential and sparky. Um, thank you for giving us a tiny insight um, to this giant iceberg that you're working on. I wish you all the best. And it's been so amazing to chat to you today. Thank you. Excellent. And uh, yeah, look forward to speaking to you again soon. But thanks for the time. It's been amazing. Thanks for listening. And please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews and the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation. Let's all strive to be in the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving, and I wish you all a great week.